Welcome to Tattooed Freaks and Business Suits, recorded live at the Office of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get to the jobs they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book available. You can find Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon and, of course, my own website. So our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X millennials and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show, we explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, and we are Denver's top-rated career coaches and resume writers. So we focus on those practical tools for your job search. Of course, resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, ongoing classes, even salary negotiations and interview techniques. So check out our ridiculously long website, personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or, you know, you can just Google it. So, if you're like me, you probably got some bad news on Saturday morning. That being, you did not win the billion-dollar lottery on January 13th, 2023. Oh, I know. We have to get back to reality. What? Oh, that's no fun. Because I admit it. Over the few days leading up to that record-setting billion-dollar mega-millions jackpot, I wasted far too much time dreaming about what I would do with the lottery money. I mean, I even included plenty of charitable plans, you know, because after all, if I show the goodness of my heart, the lottery gods would surely smile upon me, right? Alas, um, that, that didn't work. Yeah, I am not the latest member of the Forbes list of billionaires. However, there's always next week. Or I could get my head out of the clouds and redouble my efforts on the things that I can control, like my marketing plans, sales outreach, recruitment, employee development, and program development. Sure, it's not as much fun as planning to buy a mansion, but the results are going to be much more concrete. So, If you're a job seeker or if you're just somebody who wants to move their career forward, it's probably time to get back to reality for yourself too. So part of that is understanding what you can and cannot control. Like the lottery, your employer may make selections that impact your life without consulting you. So whether this is teeing you up for a promotion or planning a layoff, you should always be ready for that change. So let's talk about what we can control in terms of career development. So first and foremost is professional development. That means investing in yourself, either in terms of classes, online courses, or maybe even formal education. However, the big question I get asked all the time from people is, what kind of education should they be investing in and would it be worth their time? So there's a very simple way to figure this out. 
you need to take a look at job postings in the real world today. Take note of what skills, certifications, or degrees they are requesting or requiring from the applicants. If you see something that shows up in every single one of the job descriptions, that is what I call a drop dead requirement, meaning that if you want to be successful in that job or even get considered for an interview, you need to have that skill set or that particular degree, drop dead requirement. So if you see something that has an MBA listed or an MBA preferred in every single one of them, that's when you might want to consider investing going back to school. So likewise, if they're not requesting those things and you're just sitting there kind of floundering around going, I know I want to move ahead in my career, but I'm not sure exactly what I need. Meh, going back to school makes a lot of sense. Don't waste time, money, and effort going to a degree that may or may not be a strategic move for you. Always compare to what they're looking for in the real world. So that's number one. Number two, let's talk about your marketability. This means your actual marketing documents, your resume, your LinkedIn profile, and your cover letters. If you haven't updated your resume in a while, even if you're not hot and heavy in a job search, we all know there's, there's a lot of changing marketing conditions today. Lots of talk about potential layoffs, recessions, mm, just like the whole job market shrinking. I don't want to scare you. Early 2023, Q1, we're still seeing a lot of job growth and positions being added. However, it's just smart sense to always have your resume and your LinkedIn profile optimized and ready to go in case you need to make a move. That includes moves within your own company. That's right. A well-written resume will do more to help you out in your current role than you could ever imagine. So that's your number two thing when getting back in control, making sure your resume and your LinkedIn are serving your purpose. So number three is the outreach efforts. So most people understand this as number one, you got to talk to the people in your network, right? We've all heard that advice. What's the best way to find a job? You network. I know what your next question for me is going to be. How do I network? And I'm not going to just say, well, you network. No, we want to take a strategic approach to this. So it is systematically reaching out to the people that you worked with before or reaching out to people that you don't know yet. And it's that last one that gets scary for most people. And I'm not talking about you have to go to some huge after hours event and mingle with like hundreds of people in this noisy environment. I personally don't do well in those situations. I don't hear very well and it, it's just not effective for me. But when I reach out to people one-on-one -on, -one on LinkedIn or I get involved in the groups, this helps grow my network and it's also a targeted network. So it's people within my given industry 
or the industries that I would want to be moving into. All right, let's talk about number four and the things that you can control. And this is research. So this means you need to get very familiar with what's going on in the market. So you have to watch your industry and you also need to identify potential target employers. Both of these strategies is how we activate a hidden job market. Of course, you know, we want to watch the job boards and things like that, but the real key is to anticipate the market and see the things that are emerging or growth trends or companies that are having trigger events, meaning it's an excuse to reach out to the hiring managers there. So that's the kind of things we want to focus on in our research. Let's talk a moment about the things you cannot control. Because let's face it, we can't control everything in our career. You can reduce your anguish by not getting angry about these things, or resentful, or even scared of the things that are out of your hands. So what are some of these things? Uh, number one, of course, automated random ball pickers that grant billions to lottery winners. Sorry, that's not in your control. It's not in my control. It's not in anybody's control. Can't do a career plan based on the lottery. Uh, but some of the other things that might be out of your control is the potential for company layoffs. Yes, that scary, terrifying word, layoffs. And just note that you could be the best employee at the company and still may end up getting laid off. This is why we don't want to put our entire career plans into the hands of the higher ups or people in HR who are making decisions or even those uh, wonderful consultants that come into companies who help them identify who they need to be laying off or who they're going to be keeping. Another thing that we don't have any control about is the changing economic conditions based on exterior forces. This could be anything from just market downturns to recessions to wars in other countries that impact our commodities all of these things are stuff that is beyond our control, but it still can have an impact on how our career goes. By understanding what these economic conditions are, it can give you an idea of, is your career path still lucrative and viable? For example, say you love printing. Okay. You just love everything about paper-based marketing, from business cards, to brochures, to flyers, to all of that stuff. That's your jam. That's your sweet spot. However, um, you would have to be an ostrich over the last 20 years to notice that the demand in those areas has fallen way, way, way down. Does this mean that you can't get a job in these areas? No, you can still get a job in those areas. It just means that your competition is going to be even tighter and there's uh, a lot more people looking for the jobs in those areas than there are available positions. So given that kind of comes back into our research phase, right? When we're looking at jobs to see what kind of skills you need to add, take note 
of how many positions are being listed in any given market segment. One thing I heard all the time when I was growing up in like the 80s and trying to figure out my initial career plans in high school and stuff like that, big saying back then was, do what you love and the money will follow. Well, I'm a little bit more pragmatic these days. I say find the money and do what you love within it. Meaning, let's find the or the actual market segments, those industries that are on a growth pan and figure out the types of jobs that we want to do within those fields because there's going to be more opportunities and we can also take a look and see how many transferable skills do you have right now and how many would you need to be adding in the future. That's what we're going to be taking a look at. So while we can't control the economic conditions, we can do some analysis to make choices about which ones are going to be the most favorable for our long-term careers. Now, final piece of things that we can control, and this is one of the things that a lot of job seekers don't actually do, but it's one of the biggest things that will help move your job search forward. This is tracking your progress. So you'll have to write it down. If you don't write it down, it didn't happen. So what does that mean? Well, if you can track something, you can control it. And think about it this way. The job search really is a sales process. And anybody who knows anything about sales knows it is not the initial first contact that usually makes the sale. It's not. It's the follow-up efforts. And if you're not writing things down, especially the dates of what you're doing things, it makes it very difficult to follow up on those job leads regardless of where they came from. So what are we tracking? First and foremost, number one, track how many hours per week are you devoting to your job search? If you think that you're desperately searching for a job, but then you look at your numbers and you spent a total of three hours this week looking for a job, you are not in a hot and heavy job search. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to just pour over the job boards continuously, but you do need to put in some time and effort into the job search itself. After all, if all you do is dream about a new job and only occasionally kind of look for one, that's like buying a lottery ticket. Yeah, you remember to buy the lottery ticket, but uh, you were honestly praying for the lottery gods to bestow upon you your dream job. And notice, you may indeed get a job that way. But is it a job you really want? Hmm. That's the other rub. So that's why we need to make sure that we're devoting the time necessary for the job search. So the second thing you need to be tracking are the leads on the new jobs. So that could be posted positions on the company's website. It could be something that's in a public website like LinkedIn or Indeed, items that are popping up in your hidden job market, or even things that are being mentioned in your own network. So any and all leads. 
And I'm not talking about doing analysis. I want you to have a count. I want you to say, I found 10 job leads this week. Notice I didn't say good leads. I didn't say bad leads. It's just leads. Because as we understand with sales processes, we count the number of leads, we count the number of proposals, we count the number of meetings, reach outs, and all the rest of this until we get to counting the number of sales. Same thing with your job search, that sales process is a funnel. So when you understand the relationship between the number of hours you're putting in, leads you are generating, applications you are submitting, which is of course your next metric to watch, not just to how many, but also where, you'll start to see the relationship between these numbers. And when we understand the relationship with the numbers, we can start to control our options. <clears throat> All right, since we're talking about time, let's point out another one, which is the time you spend modifying your resume. You should only spend no more than 30 to 45 minutes adjusting your resume for any given job. It breaks my heart when I hear people say that they spend hours and hours and hours reworking their resume all the time. Or days, they'll spend days on an application just to have it turned around and rejected within 24 hours of when they apply. By the way, that means they never even got past the screening computer. So this is not the best use of your time. Yes, we need to do some tweaks. Yes, we need to have relevant keywords. However, time connecting with people is more important than time tweaking resume. So make sure you're doing this in an efficient manner and not wasting your time. So the other thing you should be tracking is actually writing down what your follow-up dates should be. So if you're writing down the dates for your applications, for your interviews, for when you're reaching out to people, make note of following up that anywhere from a week to three days after making contact. Kind of depends on, you know, the type of contact you made. And there's some variables within there. But again, with sales, if you don't follow up, it's all wasted effort. Remember, if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. If you don't follow up, it might as well have never happened. Those two things work together intimately. And when you write down your follow-up dates, it's going to keep you focused on your job search. Okay. Other thing you want to track is how many people you do contact each week. Again, we're looking at numbers, not necessarily, uh, don't give me a dissertation about what you were doing there. Just track the numbers. Also, you're tracking the research that you do about key companies that is writing down the details about everything you learn about them. And a huge point that's great for networking and finding jobs that a lot of people ignore is recommendations. That's right. Track the number of recommendations you request from others, specifically through LinkedIn is an awesome tool for this, how many you have received and how many you have given. Recruiters love to see people with three written recommendations on their LinkedIn profile or more. 
And that's not three per job, that's three per total. But this is also a wonderful way to reach out to your network and get them re-engaged and let them know you're searching for a job without asking them for a job. And people are a lot more inclined to help you by giving you a recommendation versus um, kind of having to go out on a limb and find you a job. Sure, some people will do that, but it might make them feel awkward. Whereas a recommendation, they're happy to give those. Final thoughts on all this. Just remember the metrics you track are the ones you can control. And that is a much safer bet than buying a lottery ticket. All right, now we come into one of my favorite parts of the show where we get to talk about tattoos. Ah, if I haven't convinced you that maybe the lottery is not the best way to plan your career, let's talk about some tattoos that you could get to hopefully increase your luck. And please take all this with a grain of salt. This is not uh, career advice. If you put these tattoos on you and you're still an unlucky person, that is not my fault because guess what? The lottery is controlled by fate and I don't have any influence over that. However, if you just want to uh, feel lucky, like by picking up pennies, it can't hurt. Well, tattoos do hurt, so it could hurt. And don't put it on your face. That would definitely hurt your career chances. But let's talk about some of these traditionally looked at lucky tattoos. So the first one is the three sevens in a row. So seven, seven, seven. Um, some people think of this as like the angelic number. Uh, but more people, if you're thinking about this in luck, is, well, that's the jackpot on slot machines, all sevens. So, of course, if you're hoping to score a jackpot, you should probably have some jackpot numbers on you. Next one is, of course, the uh, most iconic single symbol of luck ever, the four-leafed clover. Most people, I don't think we need to even explain that one. So... Uh, yeah, if you're looking for the gold at the end of the rainbow, a four-leaf clover might help you find it. Now, here's one that is a little bit more interesting, but you need to think about it, and it made total sense when I started reading about it. Elephants are actually considered lucky. I'm like, elephants? I never thought of elephants as lucky. But apparently, if in your house you have like an elephant sitting near your doorway, it's supposed to bring health and harmony and good luck to the household. Now, there is another version that is probably a little bit more direct, which is the Hindu god Ganesh. So Ganesh is the elephant-headed god, and he is known as the remover of obstacles. So while not necessarily a direct correlation with your lottery luck, Ganesh might be somebody who could help you out with your job search because as we all know, you're certainly going to run into a few obstacles when it comes to trying to get a better career. So I've seen a lot of really beautiful Ganesh tattoos and definitely a very deep historical and you know religious references with Hinduism there and, and definitely a very positive symbol overall. Since we're looking at the Far East, another one that we're kind of familiar with is Lucky Bamboo. That's right. Like actual pictures of stalks of bamboo. But what's interesting with this is you need to pay attention to the number of stalks because it's the number 
as well as the bamboo itself, that brings about certain things. So if there's three stalks of bamboo, bamboo, that's happiness, wealth, and long life. Five is concerns areas of your life that impact wealth. So that could be like your job, because obviously you're earning money and that impacts your life. And finally, if you have six stock of, of bamboo, that is specifically for luck and wealth. So if you're getting some lucky bamboo, whether it's on your body or sitting on your windowsill, pay attention to how many stalks there are because different numbers mean different things. Now let's talk about things for our gamblers out there. Yep, lucky dice, yeah. So if you are courting random chance, like a lottery, or I don't know, maybe you're shooting craps out there, you might have a talisman for better luck in the game of life overall. And that is what dice often symbolize. It's kind of funny when I was researching this, it's like people are like, oh, the fuzzy dice and that are hanging from your rear view mirror in your car. I was like, oh, it's a reminder to put your fortunes in moving forward instead of looking back. And I'm like, I just thought they were cheesy. <laughs> you know, like ironically cool to have fuzzy dice hanging from your rear view mirror, but apparently it's a thing. Learn something new every day. But, uh, okay, let's talk about another classic. Horseshoes. As many people know, horseshoes are usually placed somewhere on your walls in your house, but you can get them on your body too as tattoos. Just remember to keep the points going up so that your luck doesn't run out. Some of the sample tattoos I saw were like on fingers or on hands, which kind of made me go, oh, but if you turn your hands certain ways, it's either going to go up or down. So does that mean that it's like filling up with luck and then draining out all the time? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. I'm not, not a big fan of the horseshoes myself, but yeah, if you are, go for it. But let's talk about one that I was quite thrilled to see as a luck charm that I did not realize before because they're just so damn cute. It's ladybugs. Oh, I didn't know ladybugs were lucky. I thought they were just adorable and helpful. Actually, ladybugs are bringers of luck and prosperity and even better relief from your day to day problems. I can see that. Because, you know, that anytime I see a ladybug in my day, yeah, it kind of goes that one quick moment of like, oh, there's a ladybug on me. I feel special. Uh, but it's also supposed to lessen your burden and give you patience with those around you. So maybe if you have to deal with some uh, uh, frustrating people you work with, maybe you need a ladybug tattooed on your hand going... Oh, I don't have to worry about Frank today because I have a ladybug. Let's talk about our last lucky tattoo. And that is pigs. What? Pigs are long time associated with wealth. And I'm not talking just about piggy banks, duh. Although 
Absolutely. You know, piggy banks hold money. But going back centuries and centuries, if you had pigs and you were a farmer, it associated with wealth for your family. After all, you've got pigs, you've got food, and you can also trade and barter the pigs with other people. So pigs themselves are a commodity. And let's face it, who doesn't love bacon? Plus, pigs are sociable and intelligent. So with getting a pig tattooed on you, that gives you even more boosts in wanting to reach out and be a part of other people's lives. Well, there we go. Hopefully this will help bring a few more ideas on those things that you can control in your career, recognizing the things you cannot control in your career, and, you know, maybe give you a few lucky charms to help make your day go just a little bit easier. I'm Donna Shannon, and thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Tattooed Freaks in Business Suits produced by the Personal Touch Career Services. Our host is Donna Shannon. All music has been ethically sourced and licensed from SoundDogs.com and EpidemicSound.com. Support the arts. We certainly do. Join us next time as we continue to explore the evolving world of work and leadership in the United States. If you are interested in being a guest or if you would like to receive a complimentary career evaluation, please visit the contact page at personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com. Or you can just Google it. <laughs>